Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. This episode has Aaron Janig sharing a story of how a wild night at the living room led to a surprising experience at Union Station Brewery about 20 years later. Plus, we talk about the advice he'd give a person looking to enter the music business, especially those in a position of management. And then we cover why he diverted away from the conventional path in life and the people that truly inspire him as well. In the full episode, Aaron talked about his connection to and appreciation of the band Six Finger Satellite, so please listen to the end as you'll hear their song Another Landslide, which was actually recorded at the living room back on December 5th, 1998. Enjoy! Aaron, I wanted to ask you if there was a piece of music advice that you may have learned from someone, like a mentor, a, a bandmate, a you know, staff member, um, anything that you've heard over your, your time in the, in the scene that, that resonated with you that you'd like to now pass along? Um, I mean, I feel like I just spent an hour talking about all the advice. Randy gave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to reuse it, but I mean, those are the, the, the lessons that I remember, you know, um, maybe I'll give an example more so than another quote, you know, the way that, and I've gotten much better at this over the years, you know, but, and who could, you know, when you're in your 20s getting thrust into trying to run a nightclub with 800 people in it and everybody's on something or doing something, you know, <laughs> the way that you interact with people is not always, um, you know, you don't always, you're not always happy with yourself afterwards, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And I, I feel like um, Randy would be proud Recently, we had a customer, not even a customer, a gentleman who wandered into Union Station um, and was definitely, you know, it seemed all right. We sold him a beer. The uh, There was a ska band, reggae band playing. He was dancing, whatever. Um, but then he started, like, eating the band's pizza and sort of acting pretty weird. He went in the bathroom and... Uh, you know, was in there for a little while. I went in to check on him, and he um, he had his shirt off and was sort of bathing in the sink. And then, you know, when I asked him if he was all right, said he was, you know, trying to wash the bugs off that okay. were crawling all over him. It was sort of a. Um, and then, as I think, as he saw me kind of like watching what he was doing, got nervous, and he pulled this shank out of his pocket. And I was like, hey, "Man, you're good. I just, you know." You can't really take a shower here, but let's like, I'm not sure nobody's trying to ruin your night, whatever. Yeah. You know, he goes back out in the club and now he's dancing around with a shank. He's eating the band's pizza. Like, so in this moment, you have these things in your head, like, what would Randy do? You know, because like, that's what I go back to so many times. Like, uh-huh. when I'm thinking about you know, what he said about booking shows and how he went about that, like giving people a chance and throwing shit against the wall. But he also had this, you know, he never really spoke about it. 
like it wasn't a piece of advice, but the way that he interacted with people. I remember one night um, we were, Gregory and I, it may have even been Halloween. I might be mixing memories, but I'm going to present it as one story because it'll be funnier. <laughs> um, I think it was Halloween and, and Gregory was doing sound dressed up as like Ganja Man. Okay. He, had, he had on like a um, Robin, Batman and Robin, like superhero mask and a cape yeah. with a marijuana leaf on it. And like the whole nine, I mean, may, he may have been even wearing like spandex or leotards or something. Yeah. Um, and he's on stage swapping the bands and a fight broke out. And I, t this is one of the greatest memories I, I had in the living room and like, he flies off the stage to help break up this fight. I think he may even have banged his head on like a speaker hanging there and he gets in there and he's trying to like break up this fight, taking people off of him. This guy's arguing. This guy is just not calming down. I think he like may have even spit in Gregory's face at one point. And Randy, at the time, you're so mad at him. He's like, would come over and be like, hey, guy. Can I buy you a beer? Come on, take a walk with me. I'll buy you a beer in like the most calm, relaxed way. And now you just broke up a fight. This guy just spit on Gregory, right? Yeah. But he he had this uncanny ability to diffuse the situation, which unfortunately we had plenty of situations okay. where you want to, you know, antagonizing or getting angry or trying to drag this man from a building is like it's not going to get you anywhere. So now Gregory is like, Randy's buying this guy a beer. But Randy takes him to the bar, buys him a beer. Now the guy's like in a great mood. He says, listen, man, you know, I don't think this night can continue with you here. I think it'd be best if, like, you go home. We don't want you to get into any more trouble. Yeah. And then come back another time. Yeah. You know, just say whatever he had to say to diffuse the situation so nobody in the building was going to get hurt. And, like, it's the complete antithesis of what you think is how do you need to break up this fight. Like, there's, you yeah. know what I mean? And You're then a brawl and someone getting literally thrown right. out the and there door were plenty of times yeah. where brawls just turn into bigger brawls or whatever happens. And there's, like, two bouncers and 40 guys fighting at this hardcore show. And you're like, what the hell am I going to do right now? Um, and Randy could just walk into the middle of that and, like, part the seas and make everybody go home. I mean, not always, but mm -hmm. um, I, I'll just always remember that night. And then the guy just, like, walked out and went home. And then everybody went out with their nights. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. You know, and, of course, you know, me and Gregory are pissed because we just, like, got punched in the head and, like, spit on and stuff. And, then, yeah. you know, it's like you just bought that guy a beer. And it's like, listen, he went home. Is anybody still fighting? Nobody's still fighting. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, um, but so, you know, I, you take all those lessons and now here I am 30 years later where instead of trying to like just drag this guy out of the club or yell at him or be like, what the hell are you doing or something worse? You know what I mean? Um, I decided to have a dance off with this guy. All right. Yeah, <laughs> he was dancing around the place, waving his shank, eating the band's pizza, doing his thing. And I was like, you know what? So I just, I started dancing with him and he was feeling it. And I just started kind of waving him and moving. I, I We literally danced almost to Kennedy Plaza. And uh, 
got him out of the club and I, uh, out of the out of Union Station. And then you think back, and it's like there were plenty of times where I would have made decisions over the years where trying to defuse a situation like that would have only made it worse. You know what I mean? And you think about watching how Randy did stuff like that, and you try to emulate it, you know, and it's like, oh, I, I think I actually mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This like guy's actually come, yeah. Yeah, you know, and now I have a, um, I have a, a video from that night that I can show people of my dance off with this gentleman if anybody ever wants to see it. <laughs> it's a win-win. You know? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I got to dance and then, you know, the, the guy with the shank left without it. And so it was, Does Annie know this? I'm sure Annie Well, I like, showed her the video. Oh, okay, all right. She loved She's like, because you were dancing with a guy with a shank, you know? <laughs> she loved it. I yeah, mean, you know, it's like, what's the other option? You just, like, yell at the guy and then he shanks you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. Some authority comes in and he just freaks out, whatever, yeah. But, you know, so any of the, like, verbal advice as specifically I got from Randy, I think I covered in the other part, but yeah. there's stuff that you realize later, like, you know, I do still go back to, like, in this situation right now, what what would Randy do? And it, it still uh, still gets you there. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, from your own experience, like, is there something um, that you kind of put together of, of, yeah, booking clubs, owning clubs, uh, you know, being a, a general manager? Like, is there something that, that you would kind of put together to, to share with someone else, like to someone that's maybe aspiring to do something like that? Like, what would you pass along? Man, maybe we should ask Sarah if I've told her anything useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I've definitely learned to, to bring that energy. I think being a good leader or someone who's, you know, a manager of people, whether they be people that are working with you or people that are in a full room, getting drunk like i mean in one way or another you're managing people Mm -hmm. um and i i think the thing i've learned over the years is that you know i guess it's the same story You, you just sort of you have to meet people where they're at you know even running a restaurant um you know i've learned and this is stuff too that started at the living room because we were all in our early 20s some of those guys when after randy got in the accident or especially after randy passed away i mean it was a bunch of we were all in our early 20s barely some of us you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and and filling that club every night with sometimes hundreds and hundreds of people and you're trying to figure out how to keep that going without the whole thing falling apart and 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 back then you know sometimes you respond to those situations with anger in ways that you shouldn't have. And I've definitely gotten a lot better at, at, at realizing that that's not a useful way to interact with people, especially if you want them to respect you or continue to work with you. And then in the same respect, you know, you have to respect the team. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, like I said before, I'm the one booking the shows. I'm not playing the songs. I'm mm-hmm. the one building the schedule, but I'm not the one, pouring the drinks anymore you know what i mean it's uh i think you have to give space to people and people make mistakes people make wrong decisions um my advice would be to like 
to work with them rather than respond in a way that's going to make it more difficult for you all to come back tomorrow and work together. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because there's been plenty of times where I made that decision and it never works out the right way. Um, And that's what this community, that's, you know, people, my memories of the living room. Yeah, you know what? I accidentally booked the Jonas Brothers once or like, you know, we did all of these amazing shows with atmosphere and high on fire and uh, whatever. I mean, the bands that came through there, I could spend the whole day talking about, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But the things you think back about is like, like I talked about Adam earlier, you know, the weird kid from Coventry doing this like music comedy act who became a friend and a band member and like, you know, mm-hmm going to each other's weddings and celebrating actual life with, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the I, I've realized that, you know, it's not, you're curating the experience for everyone else is, is what we get paid for. Right. That's how we make our living. But the way you make that easier for everybody involved is to build a community, you know, mm-hmm. with the people you're working with. Um, that was actually one of the, Adam actually was training, learning to be a sound guy at the living room. And uh, the night we ended up getting shut down, the next day was supposed to be his first night doing sound on his own at the living room. Oh, really? (laughs) It was like, it was such a bizarre moment. But you know what? He probably wouldn't have become this uh, incredible video producer and jingle writer um, and roadshow cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. he got stuck being a nightclub sound guy <laughs> in this crazy life that we live. But, yeah. um, you know, I just have so much respect for the, you have to respect the people you work with and the people you work for. And it's so much easier to deal with those bad situations or to just even deal with the day-to-day situations when, you know, the team of people you have around you make it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. Um, that I just I have such a different perspective on it now than I did 20 years ago. I look back and it's like, man, if if I could have said this or talked to these people this way or handled yeah. this situation that way, you know, you look back now and it's like, man, you feel like such an idiot sometimes. But because when you realize, even you, we had such an amazing team of kids just flying by the seat of their pants back there. And it yeah. Was, um imagine if i knew now what i know then right i guess that's what you always say but mm-hmm. but we got through it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh you know i don't know if i can even put it into words but it's just the ability to you know my ability to just interact with people yeah no i mean that's a key like interpersonal yeah skills and and i guess just how important be. that stuff is because yeah i mean probably most people look at it from the, the outside and like what do you need to run a successful club you know it's like well you gotta you know bring in the best bands and you gotta have like the best drinks and you gotta have you know right. but it's like and yes that's always true but like it doesn't mean anything if your staff is holding on by a thread or there's like all of you know like this bad energy with it and you know like it, right. if you're not all moving in the same direction or whatever then that stuff becomes apparent and or it just doesn't make for the best experience or you know again like the, those clubs and and i mean i played a thousand shows you know like there i can name the places that were i was like treated really well right. and, and that's what i you know and, and that's because not the team there really believes in yeah what, it's what like oh doing. they they whatever you know and 
not that the bands that I were in were, you know, selling the places out or doing, but like they still just, you know, treated us really well. And it was because they just appreciated what they're doing. And, and, you know, it just, it, it can't, like rings true, you know? So, right. um, that stuff does mm. matter, you know, right. or if I walk into a place, it's like, this is just a transactional thing. They don't give a shit who I am. They don't even know the name of my bands, not, you know, like any of this stuff. And, right. Um, they're just looking to sell a couple of beers and get us out of here, you know? And, um, yeah. It just it that's not it's not fun, you know. No, that's <laughs> you know, like, exactly what I, what know, I was trying so. to say. It's uh, you know, it took me to so. my forties to realize that yeah. you know, be nice to people. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I got there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, you know, the, to kind of close this out, um, you kind of you know touched on it already, but like, what inspires you? Uh, you know, and it can just mean more than than what you do within music and with the the venues, but just like what inspires you in, in life. You know, these are such hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, you know, and like you said, I'm, I'm gonna like go right back on what you just said and make it transactional. But it, you know, it, it, I mean, I guess it's not really. It's, you know, having a family, which is something I never. A position I never thought I would be in. You know, I was in my mid thirties, trucking along, just about to open a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Uh, go along, being the you know, occasionally drunk, sometimes angry, sometimes musician guy that booked a lot of bands, pretty okay. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I made a baby, and then I made another one. You know, and and have an amazing partner in in your bandmate and my wife, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, so I mean, that, 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 you know, I guess if we looked at the timeline of me figuring shit out and how to interact with people, it probably came somewhere along the, just about the same time that, uh, I had to really start thinking about being there for other people than myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, my kids are ridiculous and amazing and silly and smart and, sometimes do stupid stuff and sometimes do awesome stuff and sometimes uh say the funniest things in the world you know so it's uh, from day to day that's that's where i you know get that because it will you know very easily after leaving the parlor and becoming a, working in the casinos and then covid happened and now i'm a mailman briefly well, i don't mm-hmm. want to life is weird you know what i mean and i could have got tangled up in the you know i guess what inspires me is what i don't necessarily because sometimes you get in that situation and now you're just a cubicle jockey or you know you're taking on something in order to just feed the family that's going to make you miserable but you know i you know I guess what inspires me is, is just like trying to be an example for my kids that you can enjoy life and still do the thing you love and do the thing that you dreamed of doing and be a hopefully a quality parent that can, you know, yeah, support your kids. And, you know, not that my father was a miserable person or didn't find joy in life or things like that, but it's like sometimes you watch people, 
and he did. And every you know everything I have is because of his hard work. But I watched him wake up at five a.m. every day, come home ten hours later, exhausted, and fall asleep on the couch watching reruns of you know Everybody Loves Raymond. And it, it was um, yeah, he was he coached little league. He was an amazing coach and an amazing parent. But it's like. And not even that he didn't find joy in his life. He loved being an engineer. But I guess what I'm saying is I watched, like, I didn't want to just commute from the suburbs to a building and stay there for 10 hours a day at a desk and Uh come home just because I felt the obligation to take care of my family, right? And so I kind of take that responsibility to my family to inspire me to show them that you can have it all, right? I mean... Because here mm-hmm. I am still booking bands, hopefully listening to music 300 times a year and eating barbecue every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? I don't know. I think. Yeah. Did that make sense? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I've noticed is um, my experience was that. Like, a, a lot of people don't do what we do, you know? And um, after high school, I went and didn't go to college and I was played in a band and did some other stuff, you know, and like a lot of people don't do that. Even people right. that do play music, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to make that choice. Um, and I just feel the same way too, that I just want to show my kids that like you can do other things that you can, you know, like we do a lot of stuff with our kids and a lot of other friends and family are like, you're doing what? Like you're taking your six month old to a music festival. It's like, yeah, why not? Sure. You know, like we're doing this stuff. We're like flying here. We're going and try, you know, like just doing these things that, um, can kind of go against what is like the conventional American life just because it's, you know, it is, yeah, it's an easier thing to have that, that nine to five job or, or whatever else it can be. Or that, you know, I mean, my dad worked in a sandpaper factory and it was very similar of like gone early morning, come back tired. You know, I still remember like the end of the last day of vacation, his whole mood would change, even though he's still on vacation and not working, like (laughs) because he knew he had to go to work the next day. Like that's how depressing his job was and how like gross. And, but you know, it, it, from that, it was just such an example of like just going and and doing these things and, and working hard, you know, um, and I shouldn't sell my folks short. Like, I mean, amongst building nuclear submarines for 50 years and, and doing the grind in a way that yeah. didn't appeal to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, my parents, we went to the Nelson Mandela freedom concert at the Hatch shell in Boston yeah. and watched Paul Simon and lady Smith, black Mambazo and Jackson Brown. And yeah, now all yeah. of a sudden, Nelson Mandela's speaking and I'm like 12 years old, you know, I mean, as much as we live the suburban sheltered white American life, uh, you know, I, I have to thank them for not just leaving me in that that well, you know, you know, I mean, it's looking back and just seeing like that there's other purposes. So, you know, like you, are a tremendously important person in Rhode Island's music history, you know, um, and continue to be and will always be, you know. So well, it's just thank you for saying. No, you uh, are, you know. <laughs> so it's just that type of thing, and and, and you know, I I can just see myself that doing my father's path wouldn't have allowed me to do this other thing of of hopefully impacting people's lives in a more positive way and doing some things that are are useful to other people, you know. So I don't know what any of that stuff means or if there's anything with that but it's just like 
there's just different plans for other people and it just, you know, having the the strength and, and honestly just the support my parents were incredible like they didn't understand why that my parents aren't musicians at all either and i was banging on drums horribly you know right. they're like go for it you know like they've just no, allowed think, me to kind of make these mistakes if you want to call them that to kind of lead me here you know like go through that like being so broke that i didn't have enough money to get on the bus to go to work you know like and they're like you know like we'll send you some money so you can get to work man you know like that kind of stuff you know but just being at those places in life right. to like now where things are not that you know i'm not so worried about what you know the next meal or how am i going to pay my rent and it's you know thanks to all my friends that have supported me like as a musician you know like right. letting us crash and and uh you know mark lambert is that with uh and, and and you know caleb cabral was a huge support um but yeah well, i mean mark is a huge inspiration to me because as someone who you know i was at the parlor it was my job like you know mm-hmm. i mean i i appreciate appreciate you saying all those nice things but like i've been able to be part of the music scene along this whole way, because I've also been able to make it into a job. I mean, the thing that mm-hmm. really impresses me and inspires me though, is to watch people who are so unbelievably supportive, mm-hmm. you know, you got two kids, a full time, high stress, 40 hour job, and, and you're still showing up on Monday night. Cause your friend posted, they were going to open mic or cause you just want to check in. You heard something bad happened at the club the night before and you just want to go make sure Gregory's okay or something. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, with no be- you know, and I, I, there's benefit for me to show up to the venue every night. Yeah. I work here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can't take the kind of credit for keeping the scene alive that people that, just do it because it's who they are. It yeah. doesn't even, and it, it, it's effortless. It's people like Mark. It's like, dude, how do you find time to play music twice a week, practice with a band, raise your family, take your kids places, buy the groceries, go to work 40 hours. And then you're still showing yeah. up and put out your own records. You're right. Literally, and then go see know. another band. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, no. I mean, and I'm not just saying this nice stuff because I said all that mean stuff in the, the music video, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to equal it out, you know. <laughs> it's but you know, but and then no, I feel the same way. Like <laughs> he is a person that truly inspires me as well, and people like that. You know, it, it, the cool thing about the Rhode Island scene is that it's it's not just Mark; that there's a lot of other. Examples oh, he's of definitely people. not the only one. Um, but yeah, just those people that yeah, when you look at it in the, the logical sense, you're like, right. why? It why makes no that, sense you know? that but, you're here being this supportive and disinvested yeah. in this. Yeah, crazy music scene that we have, you know, that been able to keep going, and that's why it still exists. I mean, sure, you know, there's people who make the spaces available, and 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 sure, I can book bands, but the, none of it's going to exist without the people. Who yeah, without those are, bands, are you know, way yeah, more invested yeah. in it than I am, and supporting mm-hmm. it every day. Yeah, you know, and that's a, you know, and my mother's so supportive; she'll probably end up listening to this, and um, you know. But going back to what I was saying before, like, you know, she's still going to – she thinks she's going to wake up one day and I'm going to be a successful lawyer still. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. – <laughs> yeah. it's not – that's just not the path we're on. And uh, Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I guess that's the uh, – I'm just – I feel lucky to be able to be on this path and still be able to, you know, right, pay my mortgage and yeah. 
feed yeah. my kids. <laughs> no, exactly. And I, I know those people that are on that other side. And um, there's definitely times I was in the van. I was like, I wish I was this dedicated to being an accountant because I would have been a lot safer. Right. But I promised those accountants would. I'd ask them and be like, "You play in a band? You put out records?" Like I can listen to music that you made on the internet. Like right. I can buy things that you put together. Like yeah, like so. It's just that type of thing that I can diminish what I've done because it's like not this, you know, thing that is kind of lofted up of being like a doctor, a lawyer, whatever else. But those doctors and lawyers want to do what we do, right? Like there's a band in Newport of just doctors that play like blues music with like James Montgomery and stuff like that. That they get together because they just want to play music, you know, sure. and it's and they can do it because they can do it, you know. But like, you know, it just that, just seeing how that stuff can kind of go back the other way, and just not t- again taking it for granted, you know, that um, that these are the, the lives that a lot of those people that are like, you know, going back to their you know comfortable homes, but are just like we're able to do stuff for them of right. you know, giving them some night out, some excitement, you know, a release of some sort or just, you know, something that, that is different for them to like aspire to, um, is to, to get out and play music. So, or be part of that scene. So, um, yeah, this has been, been really cool, Aaron, talking to, to you about this advice stuff and inspiration. So thank you. No, Hey, thank you for uh, having me talk All about right. it. It hurts my brain a little.
Hey!